Hello, hello, and welcome to the Armbar Cast, where I go blind because the sun is shining right in my eyes. Anyway, my name is Sean, or Shaggy, or Stid. Call me what you want, but either way, I am your host. What we'll be looking at today is the War to Settle the Score, which took place on February 18th, 1985, in front of 22,000 people at MSG. The War to Settle the Score was a special that took place on MTV, with its foundations going back to 1983, where Captain Lou Albano appeared in Cyndi Lauper's video for Girls Just Wanna Have Fun. The World Wrestling Federation capitalized on that by bringing him on TV and making him sexist. He basically just said that all of Cyndi Lauper's success was due to him, and it was slightly weird. So they set up a feud between him and Lauper, and uh, Lopper was too busy to be on TV, so they brought in her manager, Dave Wolf, instead. The background was then set for the first MTV special, The Brawl to End It All, where Fabulous Mula with Captain Albano faced Wendy Richter with Cindy Lopper. Wendy Richter won, and Lopper and Lou reconciled. Later on, on December 28th, 84, Cindy Lopper presented Lou with an award. I think it was like gold records for Girls Just Want to Have Fun or something. And uh, Roddy Piper, who had sort of been on this crusade against the rock and wrestling connection, came to the ring and sort of talked to Lou a little bit, but then smashed the records over his head. And then Cindy Lopper grabbed his leg and he kicked her in the face. Uh, Hulk Hogan came down and made the save, which sets up the match for the war to settle the score. So that brings us to February 18th, 1985, with the world to settle the score on MTV. Basically, it was just like an hour-long program on MTV. They talked a bit and did some recap, as we'll find out. Lots of recap. So we start off with a crazy Hulk Hogan promo. Very, very entertaining, as usual. Unfortunately, we don't get any sort of weird beach puns or or anything. But it was a great classic Hulk Hogan promo. Tonight is the night Hulkamania is going to be running wild And one thing I've lost it I'm over the edge Out of control And all I'm going to do Is look to those Stark raving Hulkamaniacs And ask them How long do you want Piper tortured? How long do you want me to beat the man? The judgment's up to yours I am out of control I am not responsible anymore We then cut to Mean Gene and some MTV guy really talking up the match and getting over how Piper is scum for attacking Cyndi Lauper and everything. They talk a little bit uh, and give the background. And Mean Gene mentions how Hulk Hogan is, like, adopting the latest in wrestling science. I'm pretty sure that just means steroids. We then get a promo package basically recapping everything I've just told you going back to 83 with uh, Captain Lou being racist and shit. And Cyndi Lou calling... Cindy Lou and Cindy Lauper calls uh, Lou Albano a fat bag of wind. Mean Gene says that he hasn't been this shocked by a reconciliation since Hitler and Stalin in 39. How old are you, Mean Gene? Anyway, we get a little bit more recap, and then we cut to the heel wrestlers who are in support of Roddy Piper, and we get their opinion on Piper kicking Cindy. Dr. D gives thoughts... Big fat guy shouldn't even been out there running his mouth in the first place. Cindy Lop ought to be home cooking meals or waiting on some man somewhere instead of out here painting herself up, acting like some goof on the stage. That's my opinion of you, Cindy Lopper. And then we cut back to MTV guy and Mean Gene talking a little bit more. And one thing stood out to me. Mean Gene says that Piper kicked Cindy Lopper 12 yards across the ring. That's 36 feet. 
That's bigger than the ring itself. He would have had to kick her, like, into the crowd for that to be true. Anyway, we get the faces' opinions, including murderer Jimmy Snuka. Do not give me your shit about hitting women, Jimmy. You killed one for real. Go to hell. Anyway, we get more sort of promos, Piper's Pit, clips, recap, yada, yada, yada. And, oh man, it really hits me at this point. The MTV guy exists only to sort of fill time. He just says a load of random shit, just spouts off a load of old crap. Like, this special really could have been like 20 minutes long. It really could have filled a 30-minute block, but they just had to drag it out and drag it out. Anyway, we get more haphazardly cobbled together promos and celebrity interviews, including Dee Snyder and Little Richard and God knows who else. Thrown into this, we get a clip of Hulk Hogan talking, presumably on MTV, about how he's the key to the rock and wrestling connection, but he calls himself the Incredible Hulk Hogan. I'm the Incredible Hulk Hogan, the main man in your rock wrestling connection around MTV. <laughs> I just found that a little entertaining. Anyway, we get even more recap before finally, finally, in the last, I don't know, quarter of the special, getting to the goddamn match. So we get NBC sportscaster Bob Costas. He comes out and introduces Roddy Piper, who smashes a guitar, which... This seems to become a big problem for everyone. Like, everyone is really like, oh my god... Roddy smashed a guitar, but, like, I don't get it. Anyway, Roddy smashes a guitar, and then Hulk comes out, and he's still coming out to Eye of the Tiger at this point, which I actually didn't know. He wouldn't come out uh, to Real American until late 85 or early 86, because um, the wrestling album came out in, like, November of 85, I think, and Real American was on that, but it was, like, Mike Rotunda and Barry Windham's theme, but they left, like, a month after it came out, so Hulk got the theme instead, which is good because it's, like, iconic now. So we notice uh, Bob Orton's arm is in a sling. He came out with Roddy, and his arm's in a sling. This is because earlier on in the show, he had a match with murderer Jimmy Snuka. Hold on. Yes, he had a match with Jimmy Snuka earlier on in the show. MTV only aired one match, the Hogan versus Piper match. There were... 10 dark matches before it on the card, so that's pretty crazy. Anyway, yeah, this would sort of mark the beginning of Bob Wharton's cast gimmick, which he went on for, like, another year or so, I think. The, the match opens up with some punches, just trading strikes back and forth to a weird sort of cat... Oh, God, I'm gonna have to do the call now. <laughs> they can't fight! <laughs> that was bad. We get a bit more punchy-punchy, and uh, Hogan Irish whips Rod into the corner, who flare-flops after a elbow. We get a little brawl, and Piper actually snaps on a sleeper quite early into the match. We get the uh, sort of Hulk fading, and then the arm drops, and then he looks like he's going to Hulk up, but he sort of doesn't. He stands up and sort of has Piper on his back, but he runs face-first into the turnbuckle and sort of ducks so he goes through the first and second rope and Piper hits his face. But it's weird because they both go down and Piper gets up before Hulk does. So I didn't really get that. That was really weird. Paul Orndorff comes out to ringside to take Ace's place after Hogan smashes his arm on the ropes. And then Piper hits Hogan into the ropes. But the ref sort of 
the ref was supposed to get hit, but he sort of collapsed into a pile of goop before Hulk even touched him, so it looked kind of bizarre. With the ref down, Piper and Orndorff capitalize on this. Piper sort of holds his legs, and Orndorff does a flying knee drop to Hogan. Looks pretty cool. They sort of follow this up by stomping him and roughing him up a little bit. Cindy Lauper gets on the apron and yells a little bit, and then Mr. T in... I guess what was supposed to be a surprise spot, but he just sort of comes to the ring with little fanfare, just sort of moseys on down to the ring and saves Cindy Lauper. Piper invites Mr. T into the ring to sort of fight or whatever, and he sort of hesitates, but then comes in and he turns his back and Piper nails him and uh, Orndorff and Rod stomp him. Hulk Hogan gets up, hulks up, Mr. T joins, and then Orndorff and Piper just sort of get out of the ring and leave. They're joined by Ace, and they all try and get back into the ring, but cops sort of grab their legs and stop them from getting in the ring. I thought it was pretty cool looking. And then Hulk and Mr. T try and go at them, but then more cops come in, and it just looks, it looks really cool. Like, you can, there's a lot of tension, and it feels like there really, really is heat between these guys. Hulk manages to get some shots in on Piper, and then the heels sort of disappear. I didn't see what happened. I don't know if it was off-camera or what, but I guess they got escorted away by the police? The house mic comes down, and Fink grabs it, but then Hogan grabs it and calls for the heels to come back into the ring. Like he says, get your butts back in the ring or whatever. But then they immediately get DQ'd before they can come back in. It was sort of weird. Like, was Hulk supposed to say that, or did he just say that, and then they, they never had any intention of coming back? It was just really bizarre. We get audible boos for this screwy finish. You know, I guess Piper and Hogan, neither guy likes to job, so we get stupid, dirty finishes. So anyway, we get Hogan and T celebrating in the ring for what feels like an eternity with Mr. T sort of doing the uh, uh, jabs to Hulk Hogan's hands like he's getting fired up or whatever. Ugh, it was lame. We go backstage where Gene and MTV guy stutter and look around for a few minutes. The MTV guy looks really confused. Like, he, he doesn't really know what to say, so he's sort of looking around thinking of things to say, but then they don't come out right anyway, so he just stutters and mumbles. It's really weird. Hulk Hogan comes in and, <laughs> like, he, he comes in and it looks really calm, but as soon as Gene holds the mic up to his face, he goes apeshit and starts screaming. It's amazing. I love it. Dave Wolf and Lopper come in and stutter, and then Mr. T comes in and says wonderful, wonderful things. I wish I knew what they were. You know, I like it ever since we did Rocky Three, man. And then when I saw sitting around with me, I just like to see a good match. I like to go to wrestling, but I don't like to see no stuff going on unfair. When the guy hits Sydney, I don't like that. I think that's a chump and a sissy who got to hit a lady, you know. Captain Lou comes in and is off his nut, just screams and yells, and Mean Gene's calling for, like, can we get someone in here to, you know, help this man or whatever. It's really crazy. Anyway, they all leave, and then somebody wanders in. None other than... Artist Andy Warhol. Why is he in here? Gene looks kind of confused. Andy certainly looks confused. What's the story? Basically, Andy Warhol was a big mark. He really liked wrestling and decided that he wanted to go to the event. Okay. But he wandered backstage and into the locker room as they were talking. So they just decided to interview him a little bit. He just says how it was the greatest thing he'd ever seen in his life, and it was cool, and 
it was really, really awkward, really weird. Singer Billy Squire comes in and really gets over how Hot Rod smashed the guitar. It made him, like, sad and shit. And, yeah, says nothing of note. We then get yet another celebrity coming into the locker room and talking about nothing, Danny DeVito. He comes in and gets interrupted by Roddy Piper, who bursts into the locker room in a towel and screams his head off for a little bit and then leaves. MTV guy comes back in and they're like, oh, I'm out of gas, da-da-da-da-da. amazing. And then they just sort of wrap it up and the credits roll. Wow. The Fed really like to sort of twist the past. They make events like this and the first couple of WrestleManias out to be these magical, flawless, amazing events. This was horrible. Like, the match itself was pretty good, I have to say. There was a lot of heat, and it felt real, and it felt like something big. Because it was. But the finish, the stupid neither man job, screwy, double count out with the heels, sort of just teleporting backstage finish, I hated that, man. I guess, you know, the idea was... Well, this is just MTV. You're seeing this on cable. So, might as well watch WrestleMania where you're gonna get to see it, and we get all the money for it, then you'll get a real match. Like, it was just a pain. It was, it just felt like there was no point to this. Like, it was just hype for WrestleMania. by WrestleMania. Just like a big advertisement. Like, they hyped it and hyped it and hyped it and got all these celebrities in just to promote WrestleMania. And it just really screwed people over. At least, at least it wasn't something that people had to pay for, you know? Like, it was, it was on cable, but it wasn't a pay-per-view, so... Whatever. I think the fact that they didn't include any of the ten matches that preceded the main event was kind of stupid, too. Because, really, considering how big of an angle Bob Orton's arm became, it occurred off TV. So, it was really weird. Maybe they might have showed, like replays or something on uh, on TV, but it was kind of weird. The phone is ringing. <laughs> God damn it. Anyway, that concludes the first proper episode of the Armbar cast. Goodbye, goodbye, and all those other greetings. The phone stopped. Yes!